0: so you can focus on your core business goals, confident in the knowledge that your enterprise is secure, compliant, and running smoothly. To learn why enterprises choose SixthSense, visit SixthSense.com.
1: So basically, Fast Flux Network is a network that is compounded out of many different infected machines uh, being controlled by the same owner, the same botnet owner.
0: That's Or Katz. He's a principal lead security researcher at Akamai. Their recently published white paper is called Digging Deeper, an In-Depth Analysis of a Fast Flux Network.
1: The magic thing that happened in that given botnet is that there is constant change in the domains being associated to that botnet, and there is a constant change with the IPs that associated to those domains, part of the botnet. So in a way, when someone try to look at the network from the outside, that given botnet, you will see a lot of changes and actually will see some sort of a polymorphism of that given network.
0: So before we dig into some of the technical details here in your white paper, can you give us a a sense for some of the history of this sort of thing?
1: So basically, uh, this kind of behavior of FASLAX was first introduced in 2006. And ever since there's a lot of indication and a lot of research that was published on that technique, it is actually a technique being used by malicious uh, parties in order to get botnets are constantly changing. So there's mentioning of that since 2006 in a well-known malware called Stormworm. And over the years, we have seen a lot of involvement in that given techniques and in the way it's being abused.
0: Take us through your research here. What uh, what led you to explore these fast-flux networks?
1: Well, I started, and, and my position is to start with the data. We, we have a lot of data in Akamai. We can see a lot of web kind of, Data going through Akamai network to many of Akamai uh, customers on the web, and we can actually also see a lot of traffic going out of many enterprises, also Akamai customers that are being protected by Akamai uh, Enterprise Security Threat uh, product. These are two different point of view on like on the landscape on the data that goes through the internet, hmm. and once I combined those two together, I was able to find a lot of activities that led me at the end of the day to finding that given FastLax Botnet.
0: Take us through, what were some of the activities that caught your eye?
1: So when I looked into a lot of the IPs that participate with a lot of web attacks that we can see, I actually was able to see that those IP addresses are associated with many different domains. And when looking into those given domains and exploring those domains, I actually started doing a lot of pivoting and started to enlarge. Uh, the amount of data that I I can see, and the relation between different parts of the data. And in a way, I was able to reconstruct uh, the botnet, that given FastLact botnet that I researched, and I was able to have a lot of evidences saying, well, I can see many of those IPs associated with web attacks, but at the same time, I can also see many of the domains that are associated with those IPs that are actually part of many malware activity. So in a way, that was the beginning of the research.
0: And so what did you find in terms of uh, what was going on with the IP addresses and the domains?
1: So in many cases, FastLax network have been used as some sort of uh, uh, hosting capabilities to many different malicious activities. And I was able to see a lot of activities such as downloading of malware binaries. I was able to see all kind of command and control activities like proxying data through that flux network. I was able to see a lot of web attacks targeting many Many of Akamai web security uh, customers with attacks such SQL injection, uh, credential abuse attacks, and scraping. And I was also able to see a lot of websites being hosted on that given network that, well, those websites are definitely malicious, since we were able to see those websites sell a lot of merchandise that are not supposed to be sold, such as stolen credit card numbers, uh, stolen credentials. So in a way, looking at all those things, we were able to see that that given network is actually providing a service to, to a lot of bad guys doing a lot of malicious activities.
0: And there was also a component uh, with uh, domain name servers as well.
1: So yeah, obviously when you build such botnet, you need to control the domain names of that botnet. And what you will have is also a name server. A name server is the, the component in the, in the DNS chain that you will have the ability by using that utility in your network to actually manage the domains and the associated IPs to those domains. Now, if you have control on that, you can do a lot of changes and in a way, change the domains that are being active uh, and replacing them once they are being detected or just replace them once a campaign become irrelevant. So in a way you have IP addresses, main servers, and domains and the combination of those three is what's creating that flux network.
0: Let's just talk about, I mean, some of the basics here of how this is working. So basically the, the network, the, the fluxing part is that IP addresses and domains are, are being shuffled around and changed quickly to sort of stay ahead of detection. Is that a, a good way to describe it?
1: That's a good way to describe it. Well, when we talk about malware, we need to understand that malware communicate with domain names when you write a malware, in most cases, you will use domain name. You don't want to use an IP address, because once you, once someone will detect that IP address, game is over. So the bad guys are doing the same thing that we are doing. They are giving domain names to their services. Now domain names can also be detected. Well, if you will do a reverse engineering on a given malware, you will have the domain name. Now, if you have some sort of a infrastructure of domain names that is constantly changing, and also the IPs that are associated to those domains are constantly changing. That create a lot of noise and a lot of ability to the bad guy to keep being undetected and have a very strong and stealth infrastructure. And this is what the bad guys are trying to do with the fast flux networks.
0: Can you give us an idea of the scale of this? How many IP addresses and domains are we talking about?
1: So on the time frame of eight weeks observing that given network, we were able to see uh, over 14,000 IP addresses that are associated with the network, uh, over 100 domains, and over 20 name servers, different name server, being associated with the network. And this was on the time frame of eight weeks. What we know today is that when we look today on some of the data from the time that we actually conducted the, that research, is that most of the IP addresses that we saw on the time of the research are not relevant any longer. They mm-hmm. already change. Meaning the infected machines that are, when you combine them together, are part of that network, are already not relevant. They change those infrastructures, so they constantly change.
0: One of the things you discovered in your research was that there was a a separation between the command and control network and the hosting network. Can you describe that for us?
1: Yes. When we started the research, when we look on all the network, we didn't have the knowledge of doing segregation and and having the ability to differentiate what really happened on the network. And while we conducted the research and while we progressed with the research, what we were trying to see is if there are different services being hosted and what is the different properties and what are the different attributes that are being associated to those different networks. And once we did some sort of a relation graph between different entities in the network, we suddenly were able to see that the network is actually being divided into two separate parts one part is a part of the network that we had evidences showing that that part of the network is being used for command and control activity, CNC. And on the second part of the network, we were able to see a lot of other activities such as hosting activity, as I mentioned before, hosting of web services that are illegal, uh, hosting of malware's binaries, all sort of uh, malicious activities that are being hosted on that segment of the network
0: so in terms of where these uh, infected machines were being hosted what was the geographical spread
1: so what we were able to see is the majority of the infected machine that belong to that network or associated with that network are being hosted in ukraine russia and romania this is what we were able to see there are other countries and other resources from different geographical allocation but the majority the mass majority of the resources are from those countries.
0: Now, it's, there was a, a bit of um, a misdirection here, I mean, some of the, am I correct, some of the IP addresses or domains were uh, were legitimate uh, domains from Fortune 100 companies, is that that accurate?
1: Yeah, we were able to see that, for some reason we were able to see that there are some of the IP addresses that are associated with the network are actually IP addresses that belongs to Fortune 100 companies. Now, that surprised us, and we looked into those IPs, and we checked it out, and we were able to see those IPs are actually not part of the network. They are associated with the network, but they are not truly being uh, uh, infected machine that are part of the network. And what we believe is the reason for seeing those IPs is that the bad guys are trying to get the reputation of those IP addresses belong to Fortune 100 companies, and by Using those IPs as part of the network, they get that reputation, that that good reputation. Now, in terms of communication, it doesn't affect the communication of malwares with the network because once you get a DNS response from the name server, the the botnet name server, you will get a list of IPs. Some of those IPs will be the IPs of the infected machine, and other IPs will be IPs of those legit IPs for those Fortune, Fortune 100 companies. Now, once they will fail communication with the Fortune 100 company, they will try to do communication with the infected machine. And in a way, that's preserve the communication level of the network while still having those IP addresses that are legit IPs.
0: So what kind of malicious activity were you seeing running on this particular fast flux network?
1: Uh, we were able to see communication to command and control server, we were able to see um, all kinds of services being hosted on the malware. We were able to see binary files, and we verified that obviously, that belong to well-known malwares being hosted on that network. Uh, we were able to see all kinds of websites, illegal websites being hosted on the network, a websites that sell stolen credential or stolen credit card number or offer all kind of spamming activities. And we were also able to see phishing websites. Well, we suspect that those phishing websites, since their name looks like websites that are part of phishing campaign, that used to be related to the network but are not currently active.
0: Yeah, I was interested, too, that a part of your research showed that um, when it came to uh, scraping, that there was uh, a timing factor, that they did their activities during the day.
1: Yeah, we saw that, according to the data, that we were able to see that, that the activity of the scraping is some sort of behavior of a normal kind of behavior of users against networks. And, and the reason for that is that we suspect that the bad guys know that when you have web scraping activity that looks linear or looks like it's not changing over the, the hours of the day, then you will be, well, it will be easy to detect such activities. But when you behave like humans in their activities against websites, you have much more or better capabilities to remain undetected and under the radar.
0: So what are your recommendations for people to protect themselves against these sorts of networks?
1: I think that trying to look for those networks on your own is very challenging. It was very challenging for me. So I think that, in a way, you have to have a layered security in your organization. You need to have good endpoint security. You need to have great next-generation firewall in your, in your environment. But you should also look on all the traffic that goes out of your organization into the internet. Try to identify malicious activity from your organization or your home to the the internet that was classified as malicious and stop that activity while it starts. And when you stop DNS traffic, when you know you are going to a highly malicious website through DNS traffic, when you stop that, you stop the chain and the traffic will not go through. Do
0: you have any sense for how many other Fast Flux networks are out there? Is this a common thing?
1: It is a common thing, but I'm not sure there are a lot of such networks. Again, the level of sophistication needs to be on some sort of um, technical capabilities that need to be provided. But more than that, you need to have infected resources in places in the world that you will have some hard time mitigating those infected machine and solving the problems that related to those infected machines.
0: And in terms of uh, attribution, I mean, you mentioned that the networks seem to be coming out of Russia and uh, Ukraine. Um, is your sense that these are primarily being run as criminal enterprises? Is there a nation state component? Do you have any, uh, any, any opinions on that?
1: We don't have any indication on attribution at that point for the network. So we really don't know if it's nation state or just criminal organizations.
0: What is your sense for the, the general sophistication of a network like this? Is this something that's difficult to set up or is, would it be fairly routine for someone?
1: I believe it's not that simple to build such network, create a lot of challenges. Building such networks uh, require a lot of skill sets that it's not trivial. You have to manage that network over time. You need to make sure that it's being sustained. So in a way, yeah, the, the level of sophistication is getting much higher. And obviously we need to keep up the pace and make sure that we have the best solutions that we can to stop those bad guys from doing those things. So obviously we are in the cat and mouse kind of activity here, or kind of game, and we need to, to win that game.
0: Our thanks to Or ORCATS from Akamai for joining us. You can check out the research paper, Digging Deeper and In-Depth Analysis of a Fast Flux Network on Akamai's website.